Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at Mon 3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I would love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends, Monica Ferguson here. Welcome back to my latest episode of Maiden Speech. And today I was joined again by the incredible Ashley Raju. Now, she is a student counsellor who specializes in holistic trauma healing. Her story is so, so powerful. You can find her on Instagram at maharani.movement. She is so amazing. We talked all things today around self-worth and safety and actually how in order to have self-worth, we, we must first feel safe. We must first heal those things within ourselves that make us feel unsafe, that make us feel scared, that make us feel like it's not okay for us to be open, that it's not okay, it's not safe for us to be vulnerable and exposed and all these sorts of things. Absolutely incredible conversation, guys. Check it out and let me know what resonates. I'm going to hit record because I knew this would happen, that the moment we start talking, all this stuff comes out and then I'd think, man, I wish we recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, welcome to the latest episode. Um, just catching you. I've just jumped on with Ashley and we've just been chatting about what's been happening in our own lives and it's all like, you know, epiphanies and revelations and aha moments. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how we roll. Like. That so, is how we roll. So how have you been, my friend? Oh, um well I took myself to therapy yesterday because therapists need therapy too um and you're so right actually just taking a moment to pause and go holy shit look at all this shit that has happened in the last few months and the theme that really came out from that session was like completing the circle coming back home um like finishing all these cycles and it was really interesting because the last few months have been really big in terms of a lot of self-reclamation, reclaiming my culture, reclaiming my roots, um, reconnecting with like my ancestors and my ancestry and heritage and spirituality. And, you know, my, my therapist did something really interesting because she was like, what you have now is a choice, something that your ancestors weren't given and so if your ancestors could see you right now having this choice think of how freaking proud they would be and oh my god I did you know like I did my cards last night and I asked you know what message do you have you know what message did my ancestors have for me and I got one of the cards I got was Muladhara which is the root chakra and you know the, the message was like you've been healing, you've been healing these ancestral wounds, whether that was poverty, war, immigration, colonization, slavery, Mm. you've, you've been healing these things and your ancestors, thank you. The ones who have come before you and the ones who will come after you, um, you know, just (sighs) when you heal the root, the tree can grow. And so that was me yesterday being like, oh, how's that for coming back full circle? (laughs) I love that so much. Do you know, we are so in alignment. I've been getting so many messages about root chakra ancestral stuff. Mm -hmm. And also I actually recorded, this makes me so emotional because a couple of weeks ago after my Nana's funeral, I recorded a podcast about how we are their legacy Mm -hmm. and how we can actually use that and mm-hmm. acknowledge what a gift that is actually that yeah we are here we have a choice yeah. and we can honor them forever mm-hmm. by actually making the most of that choice a- oh, absolutely so see this is why we had to record this stuff and like <laughs> you can imagine my don't i have the most awesome friends like, this is like any day of the week we have chats like this like <laughs> nothing superficial um but ashley welcome back i'm so excited to have you back 
Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, now, what are we talking about today? Safety before self-worth. I love this. This is going to be so good. I feel like I've just get in a comfortable position. I wish I had like a lazy boy and I could just kick back and relax like a beer and then you can just talk. <laughs> but self-worth is my like favorite thing to talk about. So this is so exciting. And also I know we talked about this before as well. Um, our own experience with this, like actually that feeling of where it wasn't, it wasn't safe to be exposed it wasn't safe to be vulnerable and so what happens is we then start throwing ourselves in these sort of situations where we are exposed where we are open and the effect that has so I'm so excited to hear from you um where do we even start with that well I have a question for you um what does self-worth mean to you good question good question do you know I was actually thinking about this the other day and I was like man there are so many ways that you could answer that Oh, I'm on the spot. This is how my, my uh, guests feel when they come on and I just throw big questions at them. <laughs> okay, self-worth to me is your ability to recognize your own value mm-hmm. and to embody it. So it's not enough to just know it because to know that you're worthy is one thing, but I find that the most important thing about self-worth is how we act. Like it's a verb, you know? So actually self-worth and I actually wrote a post about this the other day as well about it not being fluffy like I think a lot of people think that it's like bubble baths and self-care and it's nice but it's actually the gnarly in the trenches stuff like when you have been totally disrespected when someone has tried to control you or push you down your own self-worth is your own inner knowing that you deserve better Mm. and your ability to action it your ability to say actually this is my boundary and then hold to it no matter, mm-hmm. yes, it still hurts like a bee arch, you know, it's still uncomfortable, but to know that you have a choice, you always have a choice. I love this, it's coming back to the ancestral stuff, like that we get to choose, but you have to know that you have a choice. Yeah. And that comes from knowing your worth as well. Mm-hmm. Like there mm-hmm. is this, oh, I love, this is so going to be our chat today. We're going to go like round and round and like down all sorts of different rabbit holes, but that's like a really long answer to a short question. (laughs) I don't ask questions that have short answers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I like that. Actually, I think when I think of self-worth, I think about that, that really inner sacred space that no one and nobody can touch, you know, that is mine. Um, And it doesn't matter the shit I've been through or the shit I've had to overcome. That is the sacred part of me that is solely my own. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay, cool. All right, so we've identified what self-worth is. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that could probably be like three podcasts to actually break break down what that is. I think that it's it's different for everyone, really. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I guess how we embody that and how we experience it is different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it does come from, I feel anyway, the, yeah, the, the knowing it, it's more than that like I need a word that's stronger the like embodiment yes but it's even bigger than that like the it's almost like being consumed with the absolute truth that you are inherently worthy no matter what's mm-hmm. happened no matter what you've done no matter how many times you think that you've failed or um how bankrupt you are or how you know you might think that there's no coming back and also that your worth is with you at birth like it does not change it's not conditional Mm -hmm. yeah how were you taught about you know like were you taught about self-worth growing up no (laughs) no I learned the hard way (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um I actually learned I, I decided to experience the opposite for many years so I I went the opposite way and I had absolute self-loathing for years and years and years and years. And then I guess there are, there are a series of events that happened. Um, The first one was I discovered a book called the secret Uh um, when I was, I think I was like 20 or something and someone gave me this book and, and I read it and I was like, Whoa, because for, 
people that don't know it's about the law of attraction basically mm-hmm. but but what it did was that it taught me that I had a choice that I wasn't a victim to life that I could choose so I was like I don't have to do this right and that was kind of like it sowed the seed and then it was years later I was working in mental health and I had this like life-changing moment where I'd been through years and years of like depression and feeling suicidal and anxiety and like ah oh, just the absolute worst the absolute worst um and I walked past my bedroom one day and I had a bathroom with a big mirror in it and I as I was walking past my bedroom I heard myself say like just these vile things to myself but it's like I heard it for the first time and I was like holy shit is that how I speak to myself you like broke the surface yeah that's it and it it then became in my awareness and I was like nah we're not doing this anymore and because I worked in mental health and my job was literally to believe in people to support people Mm. I was like I'm I'm not going to be a hypocrite I'm not going to be someone who tells everyone to believe in in themselves but doesn't do the work on themselves Mm -hmm. and kind of paired with um I always just had this feeling that there was more like that I was here for more and it didn't make sense to me to be this like broken shell of a human when I always had this feeling that I was just here for bigger things um and so that's kind of where it started and that's you know everything that I do starts with awareness which is funny because that's exactly how it started for me as well I had no idea that's what it was at the time but it was a decision that I was just like nah and that that was like that was it I made the choice we're not doing this anymore now it's been years and years obviously of unlearning unconditioning (laughs) um because I I was very good at it you know I'd practiced it for years and years I knew how to hate myself and and up and down and you know as you hit um new obstacles often you go back to your old habits and Mm -hmm. get hard you kick back into your old ways of being yeah so when I started my business and boom and I love that we're talking about safety today because all of a sudden I started this business where I was exposed I was opening myself up to rejection I had to put my work out there I was open to criticism judgment so guess what I wasn't like "Woo, I got this I was like no one's gonna give a shit like I'm an imposter it's only a matter of time until someone realizes I'm like I'm a Mm. fake I'm a fraud um I would go to these networking meetings and like want to vomit on the way there because I was like who am I I'm not a business person who do I think I am like all this stuff and so it has been this real process of learning to love myself mm-hmm. and so not just cutting out the bad stuff but replacing it with the good it mm-hmm. means giving to myself first and like this is what we talked about in our last podcast right that um like you say you know you when you meet people you go for walks outside with your dog because it like recharges <laughs> you and I love that because it's like we have we have certain amount of time in each day yeah. it's actually up to us we choose how we spend it so, and like this morning, you know, a message from someone about, oh, we should have coffee and stuff. And I was just like, oh, I don't actually want to. You know, it's like my, my gut was just like, nah, I don't actually want to spend several hours listening to this person who will just take from me. Ah. It's not, and then I, but then I had this sort of thought of, oh, am I being selfish? Like I'm here to serve. And I was like, actually, no, because I am here to serve. If I had two hours or three hours, what good could I do with that? Even if that good was watching Netflix because I need to relax, you know, mm-hmm. instead of it being like, I have to give to everyone all the time. It's like actually understanding that our power comes from, oh, there's that metaphor, filling up our own cup first, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like, that's it. And it's like, when you realize that when you, like what you focus on expands. So guess what? You start focusing on how clever you are, what, what um, talents you have, what an impact you make on people, your strengths, your pet, like all these things, everything expands. You start looking for ways that you're awesome, you will find them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it does not serve us to stay small, to beat ourselves up, to loathe ourselves. We are taught this. We are taught in this country, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And this is what um, this conversation, and this is why I'm so passionate about self worth. Because here's a here's a little add on to my previous statement about self worth. It's also about loving yourself so much that you can actually disconnect from other people's opinions of you. Like mm. the the amount of people who do not do what they really desire because someone doesn't like it, or someone has an issue with it, or someone tears them down because they don't like it. 
Mm-hmm. The amount of absolute visionaries all around the country who are crippled by fear, who don't want to come out and say, actually, I want to impact 3 million people. Or because, oh, who do I think I am to say this? Yeah. Actually, who are you freaking not to? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not there, you know? That's, that's not by that. accident, you know? It's that shame conditioning, that shame narrative, right? Yes. Shame keeps you small. And, like, I always remember it was so interesting. So my mom has lived in the States for, like, 12 years. And talking about the difference between American culture and Kiwi culture, right? So if you're in America and you start a business and you're an entrepreneur, everyone's like, whoa, like, yeah, you go get it. Here you do it. Crickets, right? Absolute crickets. Like, your friends, like, they don't support you or you lose a bunch of them. Your family don't show up for you. Um, it's like, honestly, this tall poppy thing is so conditioned within us. It's ridiculous that we mm-hmm. should be, you know, we should be the first ones to be like, yes, like you go Celebrate. get it. This yeah. is so incredible, but we mm-hmm. don't. We Instead, we make it about us. It's not about you and your awesomeness. It's actually about, oh, this makes me feel like shit because I'm not doing what I feel like I could be doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how selfish how actually selfish is that eh? like how dare you someone this is this honestly makes me so wild because it's like okay you've chosen not to do anything you've chosen this life then be a supporter be mm-hmm. a cheerleader for people who are in the arena Theodore Roosevelt quote here we go again you know it always <laughs> appears <laughs> but that whole thing is like okay if the least you can do is like, and we had this conversation the other day, is like someone's freaking Facebook post. Oh my God. Someone who's like taken the time out to be brave, to be vulnerable, to create content that is there to help people. Do you guys have any idea how frustrating that can be when you put this stuff out and it gets no response? You're like, <laughs> if you like it, like it. All right. That's all you have to do. Just hit like. <laughs> <laughs> or send us send people a message but it's yeah I just think this is so interesting and perception right because people don't do that deliberately I don't think I think they look at they they see us and we all see each other totally differently to how we see ourselves so what it looks like from the outside is are these successful entrepreneurs crushing it being brave going to all these events going on podcasts like da 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 they people don't understand as well the impact of their support oh that's that's it they don't they don't understand that actually your comment saying this was exactly what i needed thank you could literally be the reason that we create it or not you know do you think that all comes down to self-worth though is like people don't support or you know hit the like button or whatever because they don't think that you know their i guess their support or their opinion or their thoughts matter a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's what I just said then. We do, we downplay how our important our impact is, like how important our encouragement of someone else is. Because mm. we see the external, we see someone who seems confident. So we're like, they don't care. Or um, they don't need they, it. Yeah, they don't need it. A like from me, whatever, they're killing it. But actually, and like I had, um, I learned this a couple of months ago where I'll create, well, this has actually happened since the start of my business, because I've always been someone who talked about some of this stuff that's not, I mean, for us, it's normal, but for other people, it's not normally stuff, you know, we talk about. Um, And like, I'd meet people at parties and stuff, and like, blokes, men, who would then quote things to me that they'd heard in a podcast, or quote, um, like, a certain post, or, oh, you know, that photo of you, da-da-da-da, and that thing that you wrote, and you're like, you just have no idea who's watching, Mm. And this is where our self-worth has to kick back in, right? We have to remember that likes on Facebook have nothing to do with our self-worth, but we make it about that. And so this is where, like, self-worth is a constant journey. And, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, like, to keep this real, you and I had this conversation the other day about, like, oh, and, like, you can hear how frustrated I am even now. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, even though I can sit here and say, my worth is not dictated by likes on social media. But God damn it, it is so nice to get some like feedback and support, you know, because even though we know that what we create is so powerful and so important and so transformational, doesn't it just make you feel, I mean, it's so, I'm going to say it, validated, valued, you know, it does, it feels good, even though, disclaimer, that does need to come from us and no one else, but 
when you are out in the arena, it is important. But anyway, one story and then I'll stop talking. I was going to say, um, <laughs> a couple of months ago, I, I can't even remember what it was now. I was creating some content about something. I think they were like a series of live videos. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. And I had someone message me, like privately message me. And she said, I just wanted to say, um, like, thank you so much for creating all the stuff that's helped me so much. Da, 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 da. Um, I am... I really struggle to shop online. Like I hate commenting on stuff. I hate being visible online at all, but I wanted you to know how important this is. And I was thinking about that and I was like, whoa, that is so interesting to hear, right? Because the thing is that if we, who have been doing it for a long time, being seen, being visible, actually still find this difficult. What about the people who have yeah. no experience? And I was just yeah. like, okay, Monica, let's just check ourselves a little bit here. Like, <laughs> let's look at, you know, let's look at this with a little bit more empathy um, <laughs> instead of making it all about me, which is exactly what I did. But hey, I do not claim to be perfect. <laughs> yep, yep. I think it's yeah. also, you know, people just, I mean, I struggle with it too. Sometimes I'm like, because I don't like posting or commenting on something that doesn't feel authentic to me, you know? And so sometimes it is a struggle because I want to say something that's real, yeah. but I, you, but then because it doesn't happen in the moment, you about it or leave it. Yeah. And I wonder, and this is coming from someone who like works in this space, you know, even I have that kind of trepidation, I guess. So for those who yeah. don't work in this space, who like this isn't the everyday life you know yeah but yeah I guess just having that empathy and compassion but actually what I do notice is that people do like to speak privately Mm. you know there's some safety in that um there's a lot of I guess a lot of fear around being vulnerable yes real I honestly I think this is so important to cover off as well because have you noticed that when you post things online, like years ago, I remember I was really studying social media and like what was getting engagement. And I remember a, a photo of my new cat got like triple the engagement that I'd ever got for anything that I'd like written up. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, are you actually shitting me? But it was like, isn't this interesting? If I post like a, um, a selfie doing nothing, if I was to like do a hike and post a photo of me, it would get heaps of attention. If I post something real and vulnerable and um, there's got a bit more substance to it, crickets. Well, not even, but like way less engagement, right? And it's that there, there is a comfort thing with the superficial. And I mean that in the nicest way, but it's like, it's easier, I guess, to engage with things that don't require a lot of, oh, like... I don't know. Reflection. Yeah. There's no emotion in it. You can just like that. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Um, but you and I are not here for that. That's the thing. So I just think this is really interesting to even have this conversation that, um, because I know social media is such a huge trigger for everyone, whether you've got a business or not, just as people in general, the whole comparison thing we get trapped in and all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, but then to have these sorts of conversations, which are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it's like it actually requires us, the irony is that it requires us to have like even more self-worth where we don't actually even look at it. It's like where we don't, we're unaffected by likes mm-hmm. on a post. We just have such conviction about our message and what we're doing mm-hmm. that it doesn't actually matter. We just have faith that the right people will see it, basically. Mm-hmm. And we continue to show up every day regardless of whether we get one like or a thousand Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah I think for me it's like having that understanding I guess like what I put out into the world I I guess I do it for me and for others but it's kind of like I think I come from come at it from a place of like knowing that I am actually in the most privileged position than anyone in my ancestry Mm. you know and so what am I doing with that privilege yes it might be scary to put myself out there but you know like I can't just sit with this privilege and do nothing about it and 
you know, the other thing is like, sometimes people just aren't ready. And so, you know, they will engage with stuff when they, when they feel ready. But if it's too scary and they're not in a place in their lives, whether it's like some, you know, shitty timing or they're just bogged down with all of the life things to, to see something so vulnerable, I guess, on social media, it, it kind of forces you to sit with discomfort as you reflect on it. And, you know, sometimes people just don't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. And again, I think we're also like the tall poppy thing almost where we're not taught to do that. We're not taught to feel our emotions. We're not taught to go deep. We're taught to suppress, to mask, to medicate, um, to have a, have a couple of beers every night after work to watch TV, to never actually be still. And, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting as well. Like all my clients, the first, whenever, when I start getting messages, like SOS messages, my first question, one of my first questions is always, when did you stop meditating? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't wear it like that. I'll say, ah, oh, have you meditated lately? And they're like, no. And I'm like, imagine my surprise, right? Because it's like, that's the first thing we'll do. If, if we've got stuff coming up that is uncomfortable that we don't want to deal with, why would we create a space to be still with our thoughts? You mm-hmm. wouldn't. It's the first thing that's going to go. Oh, I've been too busy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I, <laughs> I still struggle to meditate. And yeah. I think, like, you know, that's, like, for people who've experienced a lot of trauma, like, I actually don't recommend they meditate straight away. Yeah. Because... I think, you know, you have to have a level of safety in your body to be able to sit with whatever comes up. And so I think for me, meditation looks more like movement-based meditation until I'm at a place where I can sit with whatever comes up. And I actually, like, I've had conversations with people as well who really struggle to meditate. Um, In my experience, so I think, like, quite early on in my healing journey, I was... I keep being told to meditate and every time I tried, I would throw up because that's how unsafe my body felt. My nervous system was just so overactivated that choosing stillness just freaked me out and yeah, straight to throw up. So now actually, like, I think it's like a, it's, it's really important to kind of check in with people around, you know, what is your level of safety? Have you established any safety in your body before yeah. meditating? Because, yeah. I don't know, I think maybe that's just because I'm really nervous about asking people to do something that might potentially not be safe. Yeah, yeah. I think, and that's such a good point to make. And I think one thing I will just say around that is that also the probably the clients that we're working with are way different. Like you're dealing with people that are uh, working through healing and trauma. Yeah. I'm dealing with people who are going for their dreams, right? So they've all uh-huh. to that point. So actually the meditation for them and like if someone had an issue like that, there's no way I would push it. But these are people who have found that meditating makes them feel awesome. It helps them mm-hmm. slow down, get clarity, and then they start sabotaging, right? So that's why I can be like, oi, quit it, because this is what happens. But I think that's such a such a good point to make around that safety thing, because I, and also like the last podcast that I did, that we posted last week, I had this exact conversation um, around the discomfort of sitting in a space where I did not feel safe, but just my let's say grit and determination or stubbornness, um, I <laughs> would not get, I, I just refuse to leave. But not everyone can do that. That's the thing. And not, and I still also had support around me. So it wasn't like I was going through it by myself. Mm. Um, so I, that is such a good point. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Like to, to gauge that. And this is such a good segue into safety. Um, smooth, my friends, very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about safety. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so earlier when I asked you you know like what have your teachings been around self-worth you know you shared how your your it sounded like your journey was kind of like very much mindset Mm -hmm. stuff yeah I think for me self-worth has really come through embodiment um and pole actually um pole fitness pole dance that was a really safe space for me to to start establishing safety in my body mm-hmm. and I, I mean like in counseling and therapy work and stuff you know there's you have nothing if you don't have safety yeah. so there was that level of safety within the relationship 
with therapists and whatnot, but I'm talking about that, that, that felt sensation of, of safety, the, the safety in my body. And that, that's actually quite new, you know, like it's only been, I've been doing pole for three years. And I think that is where my self-worth started growing exponentially because for me, pole gave me an opportunity to move my body in whichever way I felt I needed in that moment. And then through, through movement actually. And that's why like, I'm huge advocate for dance and movement therapy Um, through being able to move my body in ways that felt good for me or right for me. It doesn't always have to feel good for me. Maybe I wanted to choose something that was a bit uncomfortable at times, but giving myself that choice or having that choice actually. Mm-hmm. And then slowly over time, I started realizing, holy shit, I'm getting so strong. I can do that thing now. Like what the hell? And I think through, through that yeah. dance process, that's where I started building my strength. That's what, where I started really getting into my body and experiencing embodiment and realizing my own potentials and then going, holy shit, I am so freaking strong. I can do this. Yeah. And I think that's where self-worth really just grew for me because all of a sudden I felt like you know there's there's nothing that I can't achieve there's nothing that I can't do because like I I'm strong I'm capable I'm you know and um it actually reminds me of like there was there's this dance and movement therapy um that's done with survivors of sex trafficking actually in India and they used this model and what they found was that survivors as they they went through this program, all of a sudden they started discovering new potentials. They started building these new skills. They started creating connections with other people in that. And that that all kind of comes back to safety, you know, yeah. feeling safe in their body, feeling safe in an environment with other humans in it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, I am worthy. Who, who I am is worthy. Me showing up here and being able to express myself authentically is possible because I am worthy. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Totally. Yeah. And I love that too. Like we said right at the start, you know, self-worth is like, is different for everyone. Like you decide. Mm. And so I love that for you. It's so much about the physical expression of it. Whereas for me, everything starts in my head. Mm -hmm. Um, It starts with setting a new goal and then noticing that I've achieved it or like the wins that no one else would even know where it's like, for example, I might respond differently to something that in the past would have triggered me and I would have reacted, I would have reacted, you know, but then I choose to actually sit back and look at it from someone else's point of view. And I'm like, yes, like that is so awesome. You know, it's like those sort of wins or yeah, especially in business and stuff like that or um, yeah. And like physical stuff as well, you know, even when you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. You sit like, uh, for example, on the trail that I walk on, you know, you push it out a little bit further every day and you're just like, yes, the sense of satisfaction from just showing yourself what's possible and what you're possible, like what, you are capable of. I think that's the thing. Um, but for me, it's very much a head game where it's like, mm-hmm. I can talk myself in or out of anything. And that's right. like, but this is what I specialize in, you know, self-worth uh-huh. and mindset. So this is my absolute area because I've seen the power of what happens when you really get on side with yourself. You really understand what your unique gifts and talents are. And then you start to see the value and the impact that you add to the world. And then it's like, you literally become unstoppable. You pair that with like a, a massive vision where you take the limits off. Cause I do not let people think small. It's like, what's mm-hmm. the point? You know, you pair that this belief in yourself and that's a constant work in progress because as you hit new obstacles, it's going to shake you, you know, mm-hmm. it's always going to rattle you as you hit your next level. But as you're moving towards your goal and you're demonstrating to yourself what you can do, how much you can help people, whatever it may be. Um, well, yeah, going after your actual vision, like it's so cool. And I also feel like even that, you know, with self-worth, the ability to even ask for what we truly desire comes from understanding that we're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. Like most of us, and if you actually talk to most people, what do you desire? Oh, and they'll give you this really small, just enough 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 money to do this that's what you want 
really? Like of anything in the whole world, that's what you've asked for. And that's how we're conditioned to think. Yes, to know. Yep, be humble, you know, don't, because we don't, we also don't want to be seen as someone who's up ourselves, right? In a New Zealand culture, this is how we roll. So if I was to say, I want, like, I desire $10 million and like a, a company that impacts the whole world, people are going to look at me like, who does she think she is? You know? <laughs> but it's like, who do you think the people are that create those? The people that dreamed it first, you know? These things don't just happen. So it's like, but you've got to, You've got to believe that you're worthy of it, that you're mm-hmm. worthy of success, that you're worthy. Money is such a big one. Self-worth and money, our ability to receive, to learn to receive comes from our ability to know that we're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so important with like safety and especially in regards to relationships and stuff. If you don't, if you don't believe that you're worthy of a partner who is respectful and kind and thoughtful and treats you properly, you're never going to get it. Like, you know, you're never going to be able to receive it. Learning to receive is so important because in order to give, we've got to receive. So the more we want to give, the more we have to learn how to receive. We're not taught to receive. Oh, um, <laughs> I know we talked about this before we hit, hit record, which was that feminine, you know, going into yes. the feminine energy because mm-hmm. that's, that's our ability to receive yeah. is to to go into the space of being, of openly receiving, surrendering. And like, we, as you were talking about that, that, that really came up for me, I guess. We get so caught up in having to be in our masculine energy of the doing, the being, the competing, the go, 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 mm-hmm. that we never get the opportunity to kind of come out of that and then go into the soft, the surrender, the flow, which allows us to just be. And, um, open and receive yeah Mm. 100% it's actually really cool hearing um I guess your perspective because you know like with the mindset yeah the mindset stuff like you know that's it's just really really interesting for me to learn about it because I think I can't think of my I can't think myself out out of anything I have to feel my way out of it yeah yeah (laughs) So it's real cool hearing like the other side of that. Yeah. So Mm. awesome. Okay. Mm. Talk to me more about safety. Safety. Okay. Um, Well, I guess why I thought it was relevant to self-worth is have you heard of the social engagement system? Mm. Vague. It's vague. Okay. So (laughs) you know how we have fight or flight? So we've got fight or flight, we've got rest and digest. Um, there's actually another system, which is like our social engagement system, which is coined by Dr. Stephen Porges. Um, and it's to do with polyvagal theory, but I'm not going to go all the way into that. Um, but pretty much um, when we don't feel safe enough to connect with the people around us our minds and our bodies feel like okay i need to protect myself here Mm -hmm. and so why i think that's relevant to self-worth is if we have been taught that it's actually not safe enough for us to connect and by connecting with others i mean being able to be vulnerable with them being able to show up as your authentic messy self Mm -hmm. and if we are constantly taught that it's not safe enough for us to show up authentically what's and all then our minds and our bodies go well it's not safe for me to connect here so I need to protect and so that's another way that it keeps us small keeps us protected it's all all part of I guess a protective mechanism right to keep us safe when actually because we don't feel safe do we feel worthy no well I guess you can't because you can't be in abundance and scarcity at the same time right now actually if you're in survival mode you're not going to be open and thriving you it can't it can't be so mm-hmm. I and I love this so much because honestly I we should have brought our pajamas because we could go for days like I'm not even joking I could honestly go for days on this um the safety thing so in regards to me and my self-worth you know there there have been so many layers I'm just talking in like cliches today but the onion right we're peeling Mm -hmm. back the layers now the first thing you know that awareness of how I spoke to myself yep okay that was one thing 
but the actual embodiment of it is where I wavered for a long time because I would get into relationships and I would give away my power and I would put everyone else's needs first. Why? Because I didn't feel safe and I didn't, you know, so as, as my journey has gone on and as I've done so much of this mindset and self-worth work on myself, my, uh, the need to actually address these safety things, because as I call in more and more, the need to go deeper and deeper, you know? So it's like on the surface level, you can get away with that for quite a while, but as you actually start reaching for bigger and bolder things, those tricks don't work anymore. Like as my, my coach says, you know, that, um, you can only, how does she put it? The deeper you dig, the higher you rise. So okay. it's that, you know, to go back to like the tree analogy, you've got to have deep roots, man. Like you can't have shallow roots and then try and give all the stuff. So as far as safety goes, you know, getting into like new relationships or um, showing up online or like last week, this was a classic. Last week I had a speaking gig, my first event speaking, right? And I was nauseous for like four days before that. Mm-hmm. And I had ang- I had the most intense anxiety I've had for years. And I couldn't shake it. Like, legit, I couldn't shake it. Dancing wasn't working. Walking wasn't working. Meditation wasn't working. Singing wasn't working. Journaling wasn't working. None of the old tricks worked. <laughs> and it was because, like, safety, right? Again, the unconscious part of my brain knew, holy shit, we're hitting a next level here. Oh my God. Not only now is she just on social media, she's in front of people. She's open, she's vulnerable. I learned at a very young age that uh, being on stage, being seen was not a good thing. It wasn't, it's not, so like, it's not safe to be seen. What I actually, the belief that I've, I learned last year that I was carrying was actually around if you are uh, talented and if you're on stage, it equals no love. So guess how I sabotaged over the years, even though I like, I have this voice and I sing and all this stuff, but like I never wanted to because I wanted love. So Mm. at the unconscious level, I would sabotage. So that what, like last week, the resistance that I had was unreal. Like it was, it was sickening literally, you know, and it's happened like that because I have these big goals as well, but the process of like, healing the stuff as it comes up and this is why I'm so big on journaling as well is to make sense of it to actually understand where these triggers are coming from what it's linked to what is the belief that I'm holding mm-hmm. because there's a reason why it's a, come up yeah like we're mm-hmm. saying there's a reason why at 1 30 this morning my brain was like get up and journal for two hours <laughs> yeah because it was time right it's there it's there it's there and it's like as you let it out um well as you let it out the higher you rise right the higher Mm -hmm. you rise the higher you rise but there's always going to be more to unpack but I feel like the safety thing is so important because I also think like from that mindset point of view we so often feel like fear is around us not being good enough Mm -hmm. like I'm nervous because I'm not that good I'm nervous because I'm not good enough you're no you're scared because actually the part of your brain that's trying to keep you safe is like whoa we're not letting her go without a fight you know (laughs) but like this ah the safety thing and i because so much of this is at the the unconscious level as well which i think is so important and this like legit liberated me when i started to learn that all these things that were happening these fears these sabotage patterns were actually about my brain trying to keep me safe Mm -hmm. and it it would hit me with the stuff that was most likely to stop me yeah so and it would hit me with um, like just the most vicious, those words, those things that I used to say to myself that if I said them to someone else, I'd get knocked out. Like they'd just smack me in the face straight away. But I just practiced, you know, so it was like having the awareness of, okay, I feel this fear in my body. I feel this anxiety in my body. I hear all these things coming up. Are they true? No, this is actually just part of me going to the next level. Is mm-hmm. that easy? Hell no. <laughs> Did I cry a lot? Hell yes. <laughs> You were watering your soul. Oh man, yeah. Tears, just get used to it. I, I like. Yeah. I honestly cry all the time, and it it actually feels so good. <laughs> On the yeah. other side of tears, you're just like, oh, feels so much better now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to have to schedule in like a night where I would grab the dog, grab some chocolate, watch a dog movie, and just have a good cry. <laughs> like, yeah. 
it's a necessary part of my process yeah I actually heard the other day I read this thing that said that when you cry you actually reduce cortisol in your body yeah it's the stress hormone right so man I was like that makes sense because I always do feel so much better like so much better like and because I'm a very um I'm very connected to my emotions right so I mean I'm an I'm an intuitive I'm a creative like if we're going to talk about astrology I mean I'm two water signs in a fire sign like I'm I'm as emotional as they come. So, but that's my superpower, right? Because yeah. guess how that impacts my ability to feel what's coming up for people, to know where to steer them and all that sort of thing. But it's like learning to manage that, right? And I used to get so upset about it because it was like, oh, everything, like it just hits me so hard. Like I feel it so much. But then being, yeah, being able to like to work with it and to learn how to release stuff, it's just like, it's just part of my day now. It's just part of my life. It's part of my strategy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I love that as well. It's like, cause everyone is different. Like coming back to the way that we, you know, express or embody our self-worth. It's like, for me, that is what works for me. Music, things that make me feel movies, um, mm. anything that makes me feel, it helps me to journal, to, to meditate. It just like, oh, it like liberates me. But then mm-hmm. for other people that might be like the worst thing ever you know I guess that's where you know like if we've been taught that it's um I don't know if you've ever had this but growing up were you ever told you were too sensitive oh constantly and and people will use that as you just need to get over it because you're being too sensitive you need to toughen up you're rude actually yeah Yeah. you just need to get over it you need to stop being so sensitive and so we wonder why especially for people who are like either highly sensitive people or emotional people. You know, we wonder why we have to disconnect and emotional disconnection comes because we don't feel safe. We've been taught, oh, it's actually not safe for me to express my, express my emotions. Yeah. Not safe for me to express, full stop. Therefore, let me disconnect from my emotions. And how do we do that? We do that by going all up into our head and disconnecting from our body. Because yeah. what are emotions? Emotions are energy and motion, right? Yeah. And so that's felt sensation. But what happens is when we get taught that emotions aren't safe, emotions aren't welcome, emotions aren't allowed, we have to disconnect from our bodies because the sensations feel too uncomfortable. They feel too unfamiliar. And so, we're, I mean, we're not floating heads. We don't walk around just floating heads. We're bodies, you know. We're <laughs> mind, body, soul. Yeah. But because we have to disconnect from our bodies to keep safe, to stay all up in our head, that means that when it comes to emotional stuff, when it comes to being vulnerable, when it comes to true, authentic expression of self, we haven't been taught how to do that safely. Mm-hmm. And like as a highly sensitive person, that is probably one of the biggest changes that has happened and like me recognizing my sensitivity and my, I guess my intuitiveness, my, my ability to feel deeply and start seeing that as a superpower has only really happened in the last few years. And so like, I will cry if I see something really cute, I'll cry all the time (laughs) just because you know what? Screw it. Like my emotions are my emotions and I will feel them. Like my emotions are valid. But I feel like that's really important for people who are HSPs or, you know, like who have been told you need to toughen up, take a concrete pill and harden up. You know, you need thicker skin, all of that shit that we get told Mm -hmm. that our sensitivity is our weakness. That is what destroys our self-worth. Yeah, so good. Boom, drop the mic. Um, <laughs> yes, and I think that like one of the things that I've learned about me is that sometimes, actually quite often, I will ask a third party, am I overreacting to this? Because while like I will always honour my feelings and how I feel about it, there are also moments that I know that I will overreact because I feel it so intensely, right? especially in the heat of the moment. So sometimes like I will actually you know, have someone, they're like, you know, actually know, you know, and so then I'll know, okay, I'm actually going to slam down my boundary. But I think the important thing to consider too, is that if there's anyone that's telling you that your way is wrong, get some new friends, ditch them. Like, because actually 
the the lesson here isn't is around understanding each other understanding our differences to, for me to sit and think okay you might have interpreted like this you might have felt like this because i said this mm-hmm. not i'm right you're wrong this need for someone to win mm-hmm. no we're working together and i love that you've brought this up as well that um this was a massive, massive revelation to kind of continue on from last week's podcast. So, so beautifully done um, around safety in terms of emotion, right? Because I, I was talking about, um, so a sort of relationship that I was in and I, no, I became so aware of all these triggers that were coming up within me around this expression of myself. Why? Because I had had a bunch of people tell me um, or sh- not just, not even tell me, shoot me down. Every time that I'd express my truth, express how I felt, I'd be criticized, I'd be squashed, I'd be, um, I'd be made to feel like a burden. Mm-hmm. And that's like a lot, lots and lots of people. And so I'd learned not to express anything like that, only to show up like this in my like Tigger self, where everything's good and I'm all positive and, you know, rainbows and unicorns. But actually when I needed to get into my feminine and to receive, I wouldn't, I would shut down. I would disappear for days because I didn't know how to actually let people in because I didn't feel safe to do so. The fear, the fear of actually making myself vulnerable was sickening. So I just wouldn't. And so I had the opportunity then with this last, this last situation to choose differently, which I did, which is why I was so uncomfortable because I refused to let myself out of that situation, right? Until I actually like calmed down. I was like, I'm not running from this anymore because this is here for a reason. This is coming up now because in order for me to be able to show up more, to serve more, to have the impact that I want to have, I actually get to learn how to be truly vulnerable and to feel strong in that and to honor that as my power this stuff does not come easily. You know, this is like your most painful core wounds coming up to be healed. And, um, but then again, like when you've got your connection to your vision and you know why you're doing it, it makes it easier. It doesn't make it easy. It makes it easier. But it's, I think also when you've got the awareness, like to come back to that, the awareness that, um, of where these things come from and they're actually, when we feel scared like that, it is, it's that safety mechanism kicking in. It's our body doing a fantastic job at trying to keep us safe. Why? Because yeah. we weren't safe in the past. And yeah. I know so many people that push against like the ego and they're like, I hate the ego. And I'm like, why? The ego is your most trusted ally. It has been with you through thick and thin. It's, it's been trying to keep you safe. It's had your back more than anyone else. But people just resist it. And it's like, why? Learn to love it. Learn to work with it. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I really heard um, you say just earlier about it being really painful, mm-hmm. to me, that reminds me really of the heart chakra. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's our, our ability to love and self-love, self-worth, self-compassion all sits in there. Yeah. But what blocks it? Grief. Mm-hmm. And how do we move this? How do we unblock it? We allow ourselves to grieve. Yeah. But if we've had the conditioning, the shaming narrative around emotions not being okay, emotions not being allowed, then how do we ever grieve what has happened to us so that we can, you know, actually turn that love and self-compassion inwards into ourselves? Because if no one has ever allowed us to feel our feelings, if no one has ever shown us how to feel our feelings, taught us this, then actually what happens is we do all walk around with our hearts with like being blocked off. You know, we've got this, this, what do I call it? Like a box or a gate around our heart. And so, and I think that's where it's like that, that whole receiving thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's hard to receive love if your heart is blocked off. And if you don't allow yourself to grieve that it's, you know, like that's the biggest thing that is necessary because that's where the safety comes in play as well is like, it's not safe enough for me to grieve what has happened to me. So therefore I can't ever process that and recognize my strength and the resilience that I have actually, that has got me through what has happened to me. And therefore I am goddamn worthy. Yeah. 
boom, drop another mic. <laughs> <laughs> Your floor is just covered in mics that have been dropped. Um, yes, and I always say this, that I feel like the greatest act of self-love is to honor your feelings, to mm. truly allow yourself to feel. And this, I'm having all sorts of aha moments now where, yeah, as someone who is very sensitive, the amount of times in my life that I've been told, oh, get over it, harden up, you're too sensitive. Now, as I'm older and I'm, the last several years have been so committed to my growth and my healing and all that stuff, the amount of tears that I've cried, like, are just unimaginable and it's like because I've finally given myself permission to feel these things and it's amazing what comes up and it's like a thought from childhood a moment that I remember standing on a stage and and thinking this thought and you're like why because my 12 year old self never got to grieve that press that yeah got squashed 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 and so then guess what happens it's like well that's actually still been affecting things now Mm -hmm. that that moment of thinking oh my god if I am talented and perform then it equals no love Mm. so that's where I decided that I'm not going to perform there because I want love so how hard was it for me to actually get on stage it took me 10 years of not doing anything musical my whole life I, I performed I played a bunch of instruments I sang in bands I won awards and then nothing for like years and years and years I just would not and I never understood why and when I fi- I, had, I met someone who finally put, like forced me and I remember actually sitting on his couch and I couldn't the first couple of times I had nothing come out of my mouth and then I drank like quite a lot of cider and then I got a sound out and then <laughs> like liquid courage right but then from there it's this work it's this unpacking it and it's like the liberation of of being able to figure out where this stuff comes from. That it's not that I'm too scared to sing. It's because my inner child was so traumatized and and scared that I carried a belief for so long that no longer serves me now, but at the time it actually did, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it changes your whole life, but you've got to have, you've got to be willing, I guess, to go into that uncomfortable place. And it is uncomfortable, yep. <laughs> to put yep. it mildly. <laughs> rumbling with that discomfort is that what Brene Brown calls it rumbling yeah I love that <laughs> I think maybe I've got that wrong I'm not sure it See, like I guess like I just keep hearing safety in everything that you're saying yeah yeah you know even with creativity performing um playing I mm-hmm. guess you know, like if we think about the sacral chakra, that's our creativity. That's like our passion hub. But what happens when we are taught that it's not safe for us to have desires? It's not safe for us to play. It's not safe for us to be creative, to express creatively. We shut that part down Mm -hmm. and then we don't create, we don't play, we don't think, you know, and then we get stuck in that work, 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 work and no play, no creativity, no be, no no giving into that like the softness the flow yeah it all just again comes back to safety yeah i love that and that's the thing you know at the start of this conversation we talked about this how easy it is to get into that masculine of hustle 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 and that's why because we've learned that it's not safe to flow it's not safe to receive we've got to have our guard up at all times we've got to be protected we don't let anyone too close um but also what i find as well in regards to self-worth is that so many of us believe that our self-worth is external, that we're going to achieve it, we're going to earn it, we're going to work mm-hmm. our way to it. When we get that promotion, when we get that business to a certain threshold, when we get that relationship, then we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we're in this masculine, because we've forgotten that we're already worthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so then we completely burn out trying to achieve this thing that we already possess, and and then you get these things and guess what (laughs) oh I still don't feel worthy yeah because it was never about your boyfriend it was never about money but it's yeah the the ability to really come back and I keep looking at that heart on your wall as well the ability to come back to your heart like honestly and um remember the truth Mm -hmm. and we've just beaten out like we've just beaten it out of ourselves I feel like we've conditioned ourselves to and this is our, you know, upbringing, our culture teaches us in Kiwi culture, you know, that we are what we have, what we do and what other people think of us. It's all ego. 
See, I, I think of like the, you know, marginalized communities, you know, we've had to work our asses off to survive. And so for generations, we haven't necessarily had the opportunity to thrive because we've had to survive. We've been oppressed. We haven't had opportunities. We've had our voices taken from us. You know, we've had our voices silenced. And so, you know, I guess there I have a lot of understanding for why people get stuck in the, you know, like if I work my, well, you know, like the way that we were taught and raised is like, education you know like educate yourself learn work hard and then you'll get there and so for us it was a way out of I guess oppression is work your ass off and so for me I've really noticed like having to change change my narrative of like I do have a lot of opportunities I don't need to keep working to prove my worth you know my worth doesn't come from what I can achieve but that's that's very new for me because you know like with my ancestry it was like cool um we were taken from our land brought over to Fiji worked as slaves for five years and so you know there was no opportunity there was no choice there was no thriving you survived otherwise you got whipped or sold and so you know like that's just in my DNA is that we work to survive we work to live and it's very hard to break out of that until you've you've started healing this intergenerational trauma because it is that intergenerational wound that gets triggered when for example someone asks us to step away from that narrative that has been passed down to us for generations so I think hard sometimes to to break out of that narrative of work 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 because if you do belong to marginalized communities it's how you've had to survive Mm. you know and again that's you know there's no safety there we've had to do what we've had to do to keep safe and that has been to lock ourselves up to 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 disconnect from emotions to go into that masculine and work for our self-worth work for survival and so it becomes quite hard to break out of survival and go into thriving without you know and coming back to that that quote that I said earlier of like you need to heal the root for the tree to grow (laughs) yeah even if the roots started long before you were born you know you're the seed of the tree actually that grew a long time ago and that's oh that's such a an amazing point of view as well because yeah as someone who was raised in New Zealand you know even though we had moments of what you would absolutely call poverty compared to so many other people in the world it's nothing you know we always had food for example you know always or you know that kind of stuff and so to a degree, there was always a choice for us, but to actually consider the, what it would be like to not have a choice yeah, and, and then to break out of that because it's hard enough to break out of when you do have a choice because that's yeah. how we're still conditioned, but to come from like, that's just a whole other level. Wow. Wow. And like, and that's why, you know, like, I guess for me, it's waiting for people to be ready you know, because we we come, I guess in that way, we do come from different worlds of like, we've come from no choices mm-hmm. to suddenly we're like easing people into the space of like, hey, you have a choice now, but they need to, they need to feel ready. They need to feel safe enough to take that leap of faith. And all we can do or all I can do is hold that space with nothing but love and compassion and empathy and be like, you know what, I, you know, the world has silenced you. The world has squashed you down. The world has oppressed you. I'm not going to be a part of that. So I'm just going to sit here and wait until you are ready. Mm. And, you know, until then, like you do you boo and I'll be here when you're ready. (laughs) Yeah. And being an example of what's possible as well. And that's actually the most important thing. Oh, I guess so. Good luck, you guys should see how squirmy she is right now. Oi, this is a self-worth podcast. <laughs> Embrace that. You are, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yep. I guess it is all relational, isn't it? 
Oh my God. This is going to turn into a coaching session. Let's try this again. <laughs> no, but actually we've probably talked for like over an hour already. So we should probably um, wrap right, this up. Wrap However, up. in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be running the awesome summit. So you'll be able to speak on there. So people will be able to actually jump in and see you live as well and connect with you. So that'll be so awesome. Um, but honestly, I could just chat to you for years. Like <laughs> just bring your pajamas and come over. <laughs> We can solve all the world's problems in these in these conversations. As long as there's, uh, as long as I can bring my dressing gown and snacks, I'm happy. I thought you were gonna say as long as I can bring my pole, and I was like, yes, bring your oh, pole and that too. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, bring your dressing gown and snacks. We can we can totally work with that. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I always love these conversations with you. Thank you so so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, so good. I'm all inspired and fired up now. Um, yeah, so stay tuned, friends. I'll be putting out more information about our summit so you can come in and see Ashley, send me some questions and stuff, anything you'd like to hear from her around healing and trauma and all that good stuff. Um, and we will be back soon. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right, my pleasure. Love you lots. <laughs> see you soon. Bye. Bye.